to the healthcare podcast. I know it has been a while, uh, almost probably six weeks or so. Uh, I've been pretty busy <laughs> with school, working on my doctorate. I've basically taken a full-time load of classes, so um, that's been occupying most of my time for the past month or so. So, um, But uh, I, th- I kind of have been leaning towards doing a podcast about this topic uh, today for a while. And today's topic is how to find legit and reputable health and wellness information, uh, specifically online. Um, we are in just the current times of being surrounded by information, um, trying to figure out what's legit, what's not. We hear that term fake news being thrown out a lot these days. Uh, and in reality, when it comes to health and wellness, uh, that's been a problem for a lot longer than the last year or so. So um, I've actually been educating my classes, my college classes about this topic uh, for, for quite a while. So it is, it, it's a problem in the field of kinesiology and uh, again, just trying to find what is legit and what's not. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody come up to me and say, hey, I saw this this article or I found something online that said, you know, I should eat all meat and nothing else. Or, you know, I, I found out about the keto diet and I should be doing that. This guy said it was legit. Uh, you know, it, you have to look more thoroughly into to a lot of that stuff. And uh, it's something that I'm always trying to not just teach, but also try to fight and uh, trying to make sure that, that everybody has the education they need to avoid um, some of that misinformation that is posted online and to be honest social media has made it worse um you know now you got these health and wellness influencers which uh, i guess in a way you could say i'm kind of going the same route with some of the you know things that i post on instagram but everything that i say everything that i teach everything that i stand for is backed up by some form of science research, um, and years of experience in the field. Um, you know, this is what I did, an action research project for my doctorate. Um, and I, I talked about that, that very problem. And um, because I, I think everybody has, everybody I know, everybody that I've taught, everybody that I've dealt with understands that it is important to be healthy. I think, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't understand that and knows that they need to work out more, knows that they need to eat healthier. But uh, because of all that information out there, sometimes uh, they just don't know what's legit uh, and all that. So that's basically what our topic is today um, as far as how to, how to find that legit information. So obviously things you want to avoid is avoid things that promote quick fixes, magic pills, magic supplements, magic rapid weight loss, anything that that has false or unproven claims, obviously fad diets, fake research, um, 
because there is a lot of that out there. Uh, again, going back to um, the influencer route that's become very popular. I mean, even when I'll just watch a random video on YouTube for like an ad, I'll see this, you know, Joe Schmo talking about how, you know, I need to be taking this magic supplement. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that happens uh, everywhere online. I mean, we can't go anywhere without, you know, somebody or some article or website telling us that we need to take a certain supplement or we need to be on a certain diet. Um, but you know, you want to ultimately avoid that stuff. Anything that, that has, um, supplements, because this happens sometimes, you know, we'll read what we think is a legit article. And then at the very end, it says, okay, buy our products. You know, that's the ultimate red flag. So other things, you know, watch out for even things like personal trainers. Um, you know, because I, I actually am a certified personal trainer. I always make sure I, I keep up with my continuing education hours, um, which I have to do every three years. But, you know, believe it or not, there's like almost 200 plus personal trainer certification programs, 100. There's about six of those 200 that are considered reputable, um, have research and science behind them, uh, very qualified, really six of them. There's ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, ACE, American Council on Exercise, NASM, National Association of Sports Medicine, National Strength Conditioning Association, and then the other two would be NCSF and ISSA. Those are really the, I would say, the, the power six of personal trainer slash exercise specialist, exercise physiologist certifications um, that have legit education, uh, background. So I actually, originally I was certified through the Cooper Institute, which is in Dallas, uh, for those who know a little bit about the Cooper Clinic, uh, which is a very, very reputable uh, research institution on exercise and, and health. Um, but they sold their personal training certification a couple of years ago to ACE, uh, which is also very reputable. So technically, um, I have actually all my certifications through ACE. Uh, I have a personal trainer certification as well as several others. I have a um, fitness nutrition specialist certification. I have a weight management specialist certification through ACE as well. So that is always um, a good thing to look for when you're looking for personal trainers. Um, other things, you know, avoid or, or try to limit your interactions with, you know, obviously salesmen. Uh, people that sell herbs and vitamins, supplements, just understand they're salesmen, right? If you go to a vitamin shop and you tell them, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this, you know, I'm feeling sick and you have any advice, the advice they give you, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be very reputable. They don't have a vitamin <laughs> certification or anything like that. So obviously they're just trying to sell product. Uh, they're trying to push certain things that upper management is telling them to sell. Um, they might have a little bit of background in some of that, but they're not truly qualified to, to give you that information. Um, nutritionist. Uh, so technically in the state of Texas and most states in this country, you can't provide 100% nutritional guidance unless you're a registered dietitian. That is the law in the state of Texas. Um, now, for example, I'm not a registered dietitian, but I do have a nutrition certification where 
I can provide nutritional tips, advice, and guidance, but I can't lay out a specific diet plan. Um, in fact, I've, I've actually been asked that quite a few times in my life uh, where somebody will say to me, hey, can you write me out a diet plan? Um, and you know, legally, I can't do that. Now, I can provide you advice and tips and knowledge and websites to go to to understand nutrition a little bit better. Because, uh, you know, I don't want dietitians out there to take this offensive, but, you know, it's not hard to learn about nutrition. And some people can make it complicated, but it's really not. Um, so again, what I usually do is I provide, and like we do in this podcast, like I do in my classes, I try to educate about nutrition as much as I can, uh, especially within the realms of my expertise. Um, now, obviously, a registered dietitian um, has much more advanced studies involved with their certification, their degree. Um, but uh, again, the learning about just the basics of nutrition, it, it's not hard to teach. It's not hard to grasp. Um, and that's, that's really kind of what I do. Um, so what about websites? That's really what I want to spend some time talking about. Where do you go to find health and wellness information online? Easiest thing I can tell you is try to avoid uh, the websites that are .com. Uh, go to websites that have .org, .edu, or .gov at the end. So, so for example, and it was actually perfect timing because I saw something on social media today that said COVID-19 has now become the leading cause of death in the United States this year. Um, and, but, you know, when I first clicked it, it came up as like Yahoo News or MSN. I can't remember one of those. So first I was like, okay, probably not legit. Um, so, but uh, I did a little bit more research and that uh, initial research article was posted on JAMA. Uh, which is JAM Network, um, and that is approved through Center of Disease Control as far as being reputable um, research out there. So ultimately, that is going to be the case. Most likely, COVID-19 will be uh, the leading cause of death in 2020 in the United States, which is going to be actually very record-setting um, because if anybody knows a little bit of history, cardiovascular disease has been the number one cause of death in the U.S. for a significant amount of time, probably since the 60s. Uh, so after I, I researched that, um, I found out that, that that article actually was legit. So sometimes you do have to do a little more, more advanced research like, like what I did. So because, um, you know, most of the time you see stuff on any website that's not one of those that I told you about, like not .org, .edu, .gov. A lot of times it's, it's not legit. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the news. Uh, this has been going on for since I was little, but you would hear that, that tagline or that headline that says, oh, this diet has been known to reverse cardiovascular disease or re reverse cancer or something like that. Then it, you know, it, it, it grabs you in, grabs your attention, but, um, but then you do a little bit more research and that's, it's not always legit. So um, again, Places I would say to, to, that I definitely recommend, um, Center of Disease Control, that is really where you want to go, especially right now. Uh, for anything COVID-19 related, they're the experts. 
right? So they have all that information. Um, as far as this is actually, so for most of my classes, um, anything that I post on my PowerPoint slides whenever we're going through lecture uh, that's, that's related to disease um, or anything like the leading causes of death or something like that, it's always from the Center of Disease Control because they have that research. Um, Any place else is probably not going to have that. Um, other places to go to, uh, American Heart Association, so AHA. Um, like, for example, when the blood pressure guidelines changed, uh, I guess it was around four years ago or, or somewhere around there. So not, not super long ago when the blood pressure guidelines changed. Um, that was the first institution to um, post those. Um, so, in fact, uh, the added sugar uh, recommendations and guidelines uh, were first uh, administered from the American Heart Association. Like, for example, um, the recommendation um, for added sugars now, which not a lot of people know this, is if you're a female, it's 25 grams or less per day. If you're a male, it's 37 and a half grams per day. And that's added sugar. So it's basically anything, any kind of sugar um, that is not from a natural source, like, like fruit, for example. So um, whether it's cane sugar, honey, maple syrup, maltodextrin, high fructose corn syrup, anything like that is considered added sugar. And um, there is significant research now to show that the more added sugars that we consume uh, daily uh, does increase cardiovascular disease. Uh, USDA. So while I talk a lot in my classes about my issues with the USDA, which is the U.S. Department uh, of Agriculture, so they are the, the ones that post nutritional guidance. Um, for example, uh, we probably grew up, if you remember, the My Food Pyramid, which has now been replaced as of 2013, the uh, My Food Plate. Um, again, <laughs> that's something for a different day, but a lot of my nutrition feelings and beliefs go against some of the USDA's science and, well, I wouldn't say science, go against USDA's philosophy on nutrition. Um, I think their organization is a little dated, um, but having said that, they are who has the, the nutritional guidance as of now. Um, MayoClinic.org, Department of Health and Human Services. In fact, um, for some of my research, my action research project for my doctorate this past semester, um, like, for example, not a lot of people know that exercise guidelines um, are recommended from the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, in fact, they come out with a, a new edition every, uh, usually every decade or so, they'll kind of revise um, their guidelines for exercise and, and, and other ways to reduce disease and, and just be healthier overall. Uh, National Institute of Health um, as well, FDA. So... The FDA, like for example, when we have food recalls, uh, the FDA uh, is always coming out with that information. So, in fact, you can go to the FDA website every day. You can get alerts um, of any kind of food recall. Uh, that happens actually a lot more often than we realize. Um, so that's where you want to go. Obviously, um, anything drug-related like this vaccine, you know, has to go through FDA approval and all that stuff. Um, colleges and universities, that's always a really great place to find um, 
health information as well, specifically uh, because it's research institutions, right? So some of the articles I posted on my blog, my LinkedIn, and even my Facebook, um, a lot of them have been through certain colleges and universities who are researching um, health. And so, uh, for example, Harvard, uh, I've, I've posted a lot through their Department of Health. Um, I've posted some, recently I did one from the University of Michigan, um, University of California, I've done some as well as far as my post. So that's a great place to look. Whenever you Google something and you see a college and or university pop up, that's a great sign. Exercise research institutions. So those ones that I just mentioned, ACSM, ACE, NASM, all those, um, like for example, the Cooper Institute, which again is locally in Dallas, um, they have something that I actually give my students um, as a resource, but they have a section on their website that's, it's a blog section, but it's, again, it's not just some, uh, you know, Joe Schmo that doesn't have any experience posting a blog. It's obviously their employees, specifically their PhD level researchers who are posting um, just current research that they're doing. Um, it's really, it's really cool because again, it's watching at the Institute um, and it's all, and it's, it's short and condensed. So if anybody, so I'm myself, I have to deal with a lot of research articles um, and it's tiring, trust me. So uh, they kind of condense it into short, uh, kind of this, the same format that I, that I write my blogs. I try to keep my blog posts short. Um, you know, when we're online, we all have short attention spans nowadays, so we don't want to read some long, lengthy novel. We want to just kind of get the highlights, right? So um, that's what they do. That's what I try to do on my blog as well. ACSM also has one. So in fact, one of my posts recently was through the ACSM um, internet blog that they have. So definitely recommend those. Um, and then medical centers as well. So so recently I posted something from the MD Anderson Cancer Center and um, this was specifically uh, around nutrition. Um, so those are good places to look for too. Like I told you about uh, Mayo Clinic obviously has a lot of um, clout and reputation. So that's a good place to go to as well. Um, okay, so also Google Scholar. Um, now, a lot of you are not in my field and don't want to go through reading an entire research article, and I get that, um, but that's a good place to go. Um, anything that, that I can probably find through my university graduate school um, library, I can find it on Google Scholar as well. So um, now some of that stuff you'll have to pay for. So, but again, if you, if you want a, a more thorough personal research uh, into certain topics, Google Scholar is a great place to go. Uh, a lot of times if you Google something too, so let's say Google the effects of art artificial sweeteners or the effects of the keto diet or something like that. Um, something that's common to pop up is uh, the National Center for Biotechnology Information, NCBI. You'll probably notice the, the NCBI there in the website. Um, that's also uh, a, a good place that has articles, research articles. Um, so, but anything that says, anything that you're reading that has research in it, make sure there's references at the end of the article as well. Um, that is a huge red flag if you read something that says, oh, this research shows this and that and that, but there's no references at the end. So that's just kind of 
research 101, you got to have references whenever you make claims like that. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, just check the credential of the person writing an article. So something I've noticed is anything, anytime I Google a health topic, one of the first websites that shows up is healthline.com. Um, and I, ha I have to say the majority of the time, whenever I click on the person who's writing the article, because you can click their name and it kind of gives them a background, most of the time they don't really have a reputable background uh, on what they're talking about basically. So um, I would kind of stay away from probably healthline.com, uh, just kind of my advice, but, and just stay away from any website um, that has, uh, again, somebody that's just kind of a freelance writer or somebody who doesn't um, have that reputation or background. So, because you should be able to click their name, um, you know, and sometimes you can't, but it says PhD to their name or something like that, or they work at the institution, which that's a great thing that you want, um, you know, when you're reading an article. But uh, I would definitely check the the total credentials of that person who's writing the article. And then obviously check when the website was last updated. Um, and again, like I said at the beginning, try to avoid anything that, any website that's selling products. So hopefully that was just kind of a, a general introduction into basic things to look for. So I, I tried to keep it as simple as I could. I think um, it's usually helpful to my students I know. Now actually, do they follow through with all that? Maybe some do, maybe some don't. You know, usually every semester I'll go through this, usually at the beginning, at the beginning of the semester, and then um, I'll have somebody come up to me at the end of the semester and say, hey, I read this on, uh, you know, joeblog.com that I should be eating just meat and eggs and <laughs> not eating vegetables. I get that a lot, actually, even after I tell them about this. So it doesn't always click for everybody, but uh, we are in the day and age where we need to know and we need to be educated on where to find this information. So because we we have so many good resources that, you know, I'm talking about some of the negatives with this, but there's so many positives, too, um, to finding health and wellness information. So we should be more educated on it. We just need to know what's legit and what's not. So I encourage you to go to my blog because everything that I say on there is backed up by some form of research, science, experience. Um, so again, my blog is the healthcureblog.tumblr.com. Um, I also, you can find me on LinkedIn too. If you, if for those who are uh, professional, you can go to my LinkedIn, add me there. You can also find my Facebook, the healthcure, the Instagram as well, which uh, a lot of you have probably seen. So again, I just want to make sure that, and that's still don't, I, I don't want to be necessarily one of those influencers. Um, all I'm really doing is trying to make everybody more aware on health and wellness behaviors. And that's really my goal with all of this social media stuff. I'm not trying to tell you to live the life that I live. I'm not trying, you know, first of all, I'm not the healthiest person in the world. Like a lot of people think I am, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, even somebody like myself who was in this, this industry and, and lives a healthy lifestyle, I'm not perfect. Uh, there's always things I'm trying to work on and, and be better at. So, um, I don't want people to look at me and, and say, Oh, I want to be just like that. I, that's not what I want. I just want you to be, I want you to be healthier and happier and, you know, love yourself as well. Uh, I think that's something that, um, 
you know, that's what changed my life and, and destiny in a way is, is I learned pretty quickly once I started living a healthier lifestyle that uh, for a long time I didn't, I was never confident in myself. Um, you know, before I started being healthier, there's no way I could do something like this. There's no way I could get in front of college kids and, and talk and, and educate them about this. So, um, but ultimately that's my goal. I want everybody to be as healthy as they can understand the resources that they have because everybody has these resources um, and, I, and I hope that uh, it is, is influential in, in some capacity. So anyway, uh, I feel like I'm a little rusty today. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it's been a long semester, so I'm still recovering a little bit, but uh, same thing's going to happen in the spring. I'm taking a full load of classes, so We'll kind of see how it goes. Um, I'm hoping to do more of these. I'll probably try to do one more before Christmas next week. Um, maybe I can get some more guests on. Um, I'm meeting more people in a, my department uh, at college, so hopefully I can get um, a couple others to join me. So if anybody has any other guests that they know that professionals in the industry, feel free to give me their contact information if, if, if they feel comfortable being on this podcast. But other than that, that is all I got. Have a great holiday if I don't uh, get, to, get to speak to you again before Christmas. So um, have a great new year as well if I don't see you then. So um, take care.